Hey now, it's Steve Severs for Bonic Buzz. Welcome to episode five of Bonic Buzz Celebrity Interview Podcast. We got some fun interviews, as always. And what did the YouTuber say to the TV writer? Let's make a card game. Ba-dum-bum. Our first interview is just that, a YouTuber, comedian, and a TV writer who also wrote from one of my favorite animated series, Marvel Avengers Assemble for Disney. And we talked a little about that. He did a lot of episodes around Black Panther. And this was cool because before the movie came out. So let's get into it. You're going to learn all about their card game, Sugar Rush. I love it. You should check it out. Take it away, robot voice. Comedian, animator, and YouTuber Alex Clark. Along with TV writer Zach Crayley, who wrote for shows, Avengers Assemble, Berlin Station, and Heroes Reborn. I am so excited to uh, talk to both of you guys about um, your new uh, card game, Sugar Heist. Awesome. Um, but before we get into that, I do remember Alex's uh, video of how he met his wife. Um, and at one point, I believe you went to the castle in Europe, and Zach, you were with, with him in college. Is that right? Or was that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've known each other since then. Okay, very cool. Um, where was the castle exactly? Uh, uh the 90s um was it like like where where in europe though like it was uh in the netherlands kind of in the southern part if i'm remembering oh, correctly i i love it was a pretty good i never would have thought like hey let's go to the netherlands to go to europe but it's like such a central location that it, it gets to everywhere and then there's you know yeah. some beautiful stuff in the netherlands as well very nice. And I remember you, um, one point in that, you got a job at a Hershey Park. I grew up in, in Baltimore, Maryland. I used to love going up. Oh, cool. Park. Where, what, what, did, what did you work exactly in Hershey Park at? Uh, they had this show called uh, the Hershey Park Green Team, which was like a comedy juggling show about recycling. <laughs> um, so I was one of the, I played the uh, aloof boat owner that didn't like to recycle. And then the Throckmorton brothers. <laughs> Taught me the ways of protecting Mother Nature. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, Zach, I'm a huge Marvel fan. You got to work on a lot of the Avengers Assemble um, animated series. Uh, it looks like a lot of times you worked with uh, Black Panther episodes. Is that is that one? Of your I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. it. Was cool. We were working on that. Um, like the movie was in production, but nobody had like seen how awesome it was going to be yet. So we were sort of working on that. Um, like some people on the show had a little bit of knowledge about, about it. Um, but then when the movie came out and did so well, it was really exciting. Cause we're like, Oh man, this cartoon is going to like do really well too, because of that. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun working on that project. I'm hoping that uh, people find it on Disney plus and we get to do another season. Yeah, I'm hoping for it too. So let's talk about Steve, Sugar Heist. You work Heist. in animation a little bit too, don't you? <laughs> Me? Yeah, I did yeah. my own little animated web series called Super Pirate Booty. But that's how I discovered about you because you uh, popped up as like a similar um, thing. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, um, awesome. yeah, this is a cool card game. How did you guys come up with this? I, I know, Zach, you have twins, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that factored in a little bit because, well, Alex and I, you know, we, because we've known each other since college and we hang out and play games a lot with our wives um and so the two of us always kept being like oh we should make a game and uh kept sort of putting it off and then around the time like right around when our kids were born um we were like all right let's actually let's do this um and so we started brainstorming and sitting down more seriously to figure it out 
And then we were like, the whole time since college, we were like, we want to make a game, but we don't want to release it until the world is on the brink of failing. <laughs> you foresaw it. <laughs> well, let's talk about how the game is played, because there's like, the, you basically you're trying to steal other people's like um, candy, and then you, you store them in these like vaults. Oh my crazy. God, you have it! Yeah. I know you did, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen someone hold it that I didn't know. <laughs> oh, this is a I love it. And then there's different different uh, attack powers I really like. Like this one, like the power surges. Yeah. <laughs> I have two kids too, and this is like the pure evil, like pure sugar wild card. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, my kids are just pure sugar. Yeah, the, the, the eyes on that baby has got to give you a little bit of PTSD yeah. from having your own kids. But there's ways you can block them. Like this, this is pure genius. The the mom card. How'd you come up with that? I think that was Zach's oh, idea, right? I can't remember. I but like we were like, oh, there's got to be like a block attack power. And then yeah. I don't remember when we hit on that. But that was I felt like the game sort of coalesced around that. Like we had the the stealing candy from babies theme, but like but just the like the funniness of like screaming mom and and using that um, to sort of call her in to 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 save you felt like oh that that's what the game is like that's the tone of it um and then i think we just kind of kept building on that and we were like oh we need a dad one i was like okay there's dad jokes and uh and then i know that when uh my mom found out she was in the game she was like i like that i'm on a card but i don't know how i feel about every time i mentioned my face gets slammed onto a table Now, there's a dad card too. We activate the sleeper cell. Is that based on your dad too? Where he tells bad dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. 100%. Yeah. Very nice. And uh, it's cool. You guys are teamed up with Studio 71. How is it like working with them? Because they do a lot of amazing games. Yeah. Um, I, we've been working with them for a long time just on my YouTube channel. And so mm-hmm. when we're like, let's make a game, I was like, I'd rather do it with someone I already know and can trust. And so that's kind of how that all happened. Very cool. So uh, is the game officially out? Yeah, I know that it was on a Kickstarter or is, I know is what is the details? I believe there's, what is it, one or two days left on Kickstarter? Yeah, there? yeah I think there's like two or three days left. I think it ends like that evening on july 2nd three days um, according to right now three days <laughs> you yeah. got us an extra yeah, day so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i used, I used the yeah, magic I'm, card i'm like, really happy with it it kind of exceeded our expectations with how well it would do so it's nice to see it um people getting into it as much as we all and you seem to be yeah. so that's cool i would be cool if somehow you could do like some animation to kind of do follow these characters in the story or something uh, you know our friend is a development guy for a comic book company and he's like you're building a whole cinematic universe you need (laughs) you need character bios for every one of the babies we need a comic book series for each baby i love that you should definitely yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's next once we get we've been hustling just to get all the assets thanks we need to get you know the game into production so we can deliver it on time so um once we we get take a nap after that then, that's not uh, as sexy as comic books that. that's, not... <laughs> <laughs> that's coming so is comic there a rough time period when you uh this is going to get released or something i mean this is this is an awesome game it's going to take over the world <laughs> yeah um I, I i would imagine so it's done well enough so now it's just about reaching out to retailers and showing them that there's an audience for it um but people seem to be digging the artwork the reviews 
I've read so far have been positive. So I think uh, I think we're gonna give Monopoly a run for its money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So the people that back that they'll get it. I think we're hoping December. Um, gotcha. If if all goes well with with shipping and production, everything's crazy right now. But uh, hopefully then, and there's like a exclusive version that you can get on Kickstarter that is up to six players. Oh, very cool. Well, thank you guys yeah. so much. And both of you keep up the amazing work. I'm fans of both of your stuff. So, Thanks. Thanks, man. All right. We're moving on to a documentary. It's about Shannon Hoon of the band Blind Mountain. And basically, it's his film, his voice. It's amazing. He recorded himself for so long. And it's been finally edited together. And it's amazing. You'll learn all about the interview. Uh, Danny, who's also a rock photographer, I, I looked up a lot of his stuff at his gallery. He's done some amazing uh, music icons over the years. So you'll learn all about it in the interview. I highly, highly recommend check out the documentary. And I can't say enough great things about it. So take it away, your robot voice person. Rock and roll! Interview with photographer and filmmaker, Danny Clinch. All right, well, Danny, before we get into your amazing documentary, um, here at Bonnie Clubs, we're all about people's passion. Where did your passion for filmmaking come from? Was it a certain uh, movie or documentary you saw or performance or something that was naturally for you as a child? Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's a good question. You know, I started uh, loving music and photography, obviously music first. I remember uh, kind of laying on the bed when my mom was getting ready to go to uh, work. She was a nurse. And here in uh, Hey Jude, it's like kind of my first musical memory, you know? That's what I remember uh, early on. But, you know, when I got into photography, I got into the photograph as a document. And I, I loved uh, documentary photography. And some of my heroes uh, in that format were uh, Danny Lyon and Robert Frank. And they were making documentary films at the time. And um, I found it really intriguing. And I thought to myself, that at some point or another in my life that I would, uh, I'd give that a go. That's amazing. You know, um, I, I love this documentary so much because, I mean, for my passion for music came when I was late 91, 11 years old, seeing Smells Like Teen Spirit for the first time. And it's just like, I wanted to start riding my bike to record stores, buying cassettes at the time and eventually CDs. So this really documentary captures that whole alternative rock scene during that time period. Um, it's yeah. amazing because like like every other great documentary had you're interviewing other people to talk about someone who's no longer around like the montage of heck. This is all Shannon's voice. He re I had no idea he recorded himself almost every day for how long was it like five or six years or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. I was around Blind Melon a lot when my career was starting in the early 90s. Uh, I met them when I was on the road uh, photographing the band live. And oh, it was, very cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was live, Blind Melon, uh, Big Audio Dynamite, and Public Image Limited. And it was the MTV 120 Minutes Tour. And oh, uh, I met, uh, met Blind Melon. Yeah. We became fast friends, and I did the, uh, a publicity shoot for them shortly thereafter and then I started hanging out with them on the road going to their shows you know in the recording studio went to Europe with them and they just really in invited me in and it was a really great experience and so okay so you um, got to see Shad and record him himself and everything going on right oh yeah yeah 
Yeah, I was down for the soup sessions in uh, at Kingsway in New Orleans, and uh-huh. um, you know, I played harmonica on the Nico record after Shannon passed. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah, on the, yeah, I played on Hell. That song, Hell. Yes. There's like a cool. harmonica riff in the beginning. Yeah. Dude, you're a rock star too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> in my own mind. Well, cool. So you had uh, protection to it. Um, I'm just curious, how much, how many hours of footage did you have to go through? Did uh, Shadden record? You know. Well, it was uh, about 250 hours of uh, of high tapes. You know, mm-hmm. the digital uh, videotapes, and then oh, 50 hours of um, I think 50 hours of answering machine tapes and stuff too. And I got to give credit where credit is due because uh, Taryn. Uh, and Colleen Hennessy, um, Taryn Gould and Colleen Hennessy were my co-directors, and uh, they really did the grunt work on looking through all the um, all the footage and collecting it in a more cohesive fashion to share with me. And then, you know, we collaborated from, from there, you know, and, and pushed and pulled, and and uh, and it was really a, a great experience. I love it. I'll talk about some of my favorite moments in it. I, um, I totally forgot that Shannon was in the Don't You Cry music video for Guns N' Roses, and he also did some vocals, I guess, on that track. So it was cool seeing him in the studio. <laughs> they grew up, uh, I guess, Axl Rose was friends with Shannon's sister back in Lafayette, Indiana. So that was Correct. a moment. Yeah. Correct, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. But okay. I think you, you got to watch it you got to just got to watch it again and then you got to watch it again and for me anyway like i still discover new things as uh-huh. you know as when i watch it you know especially with other people when you share it with other people and you sit down and you watch it with them and you're like oh my god like i you know i never even saw that the first time <laughs> uh a really great moments when the band um they, they signed a record contract on top of the Capitol Records building, which I used to live in LA. So that oh, yeah. landscape with that, it seems just how happy, you know, when their life was going to change moment, you know, so. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. And then uh, there was a moment where it was just vocals only, I guess they were, they recorded, uh, I guess it was in Seattle and he was just standing singing the no, the no Rain vocals just by himself in the studio. That yeah. was pretty epic. Um, yeah, that was epic. And then obviously there was like the huge success from the music video. And you got to see shooting behind. Um, I might take it from watching the other interviews after that with him. He wasn't really too happy with that music video because it kind of put them in a, like this happy pop kind of genre that he wasn't too afraid of. Maybe you could elaborate more on that or since you know him. I think when anybody gets a hit song and yeah. they have to play it everywhere all the time, they get mm-hmm. tired of it, you know, and it's a blessing and a curse. You know, you think about it you know, it's the, it's the song that set them on their path, but it also potentially you could argue that it ruined them as well because everybody just was expecting another No Rain and people would just want to hear that song. And, you yeah, because most of other stuff's a lot darker than that. So Yeah, yeah, and, 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 yeah. and more rocking and psychedelic. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, you look at the Soup record, which got one and a half stars in Rolling Stone, and I got to mm-hmm. be honest, it, it's just way beyond that. That just... To me, that's lazy journalism, in my yeah. in my opinion. And uh, you know, you, you you can, you know, somebody probably just didn't like whoever got the the gig that week. You know, they, when Rolling Stone was saying, uh, "Hey, uh, Joe, uh, you know, review the Blind Melon record," and he was probably like, "Oh wow. shit, I hate Blind, I hate that B Girl song." Like, you know, right? And then he's like, "Gotta listen to it." He's already formulated his opinion, and little little does he realize that his one 
you know, uneducated uh, opinion was going to really devastate this band, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I would think when Rolling Stone gives you one and a half stars and, and pre-social uh, media where you could count on your fans to say, this is a great record, we love it, this is what we love about it. Mm. You didn't hear that stuff back then. Yeah. You had to rely on, you. everyone had to rely on a journalist and, and this, you know, this particular, uh, you know, I, I'm certainly not blaming the uh, anything other than a bad review on this guy, but you know, it really hurt these, it hurt these guys. And I think, you know, at that point, um, you know, people listen to, to someone like that and I, I, I'm over talking about it. Uh, but I think, um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting how things have changed and, and, you know, and to go back to that, you know, here's a guy who was ahead of the curve. He was self-documenting himself before you had a, a cell phone, right? Yeah. Here's a guy who, like, he had to, he had to, he had to plug the camera in. He had to charge the batteries. He had to buy tapes. He had to keep the tapes and you had to like save them where somebody could find them, you know? And you think a, like a, an unorganized musician type, uh, artist type would have definitely lost the tapes, right? Oh, or they yeah. would have been like in a moldy box somewhere. In Left the hotel easy. room. <laughs> you know, or but no, man, he was like he documenting was... everything. He was labeling all the tapes, numbering them, putting them in a box, bringing them home giving them to Lisa, his girlfriend. Yeah. And she was, she was, you know, putting them away and saving them for us. So. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, speaking yeah. of Rolling Stone, I had no idea at one point, you know, their famous cover of Blind Melon, it was, it was only supposed to be Shannon at one point. So it was a fun yeah. moment where he kind of actually hides the camera in the dressing room here in the band, kind of talk yeah. ass about it basically. About yeah. <laughs> well, that gives you insight as to the way Shannon was. He, he yeah. was uh, a funny, sneaky character and he loved to, yeah. he liked to make people uncomfortable and it brought him great joy. And he was, he was a fun person to be around, you know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, he could be a dark person to be around too. But um, oh, yeah. that's what I think about this film. I think that it's, I think it's a film that you don't have to be a Blind Melon fan to appreciate. Uh, honestly, I think, I'm not you know, a huge Blind Melon fan, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can probably so, name a couple of their songs, but I, yeah, honestly, I thought this was better than Montage of Heck. And this, this is a diehard Kurt Cobain Nirvana fan saying that. Yeah. Because so, yeah. there's nothing yeah. anything like that because it is just Shannon's voice the whole time. And yeah. there's some, you can overhear some of the interviews and stuff, but he really captures that moment, what's going through. Yeah. Speaking of Kurt Cobain, yeah. it was definitely cool when Shannon talked about when he first found out, you know, Kurt died. I believe yeah. it was on his uh, skiing trip in Mammoth, which they end up writing Soup. And I guess rec- there's a clip of, was that him recording the demo up in the mountains or? Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I, I know where Shannon was when he heard Kurt Cobain died because I was with him. Okay, well, do tell me all the details. <laughs> yeah. So they were playing Letterman that night. Okay. Blind Melon was on Letterman. And Shannon and the band were hanging out. So this was um, April 8th, 1994 then, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, we were hanging out, I think, at my place in New York City or at their hotel. And Shannon and I were walking over to the sound check, mm-hmm. uh, to the Letterman uh, thing. And I... I it was Shannon and I, I guess we got separated from others. I, I don't know if any of the other band was with me, but I know it was Shannon and I. And these two young girls came up to us and they were all teary-eyed and they said, oh my gosh, Shannon, Shannon, I'm so happy to see you. It's just like such a sad day for music. And we were like, what do you mean? And she said, oh, you didn't hear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kurt Cobain had killed himself. And, and we were like, what? 
And then he went back and he drew a question mark on his forehead and he played the Letterman show in Kurt's honor. Wow. Okay. I'm going to yeah. look that up now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. So yeah, it was um, pretty happy. And then he, of course he wrote uh, part of the lyrics, I guess, soup or maybe the whole thing was like dedicated to Kurt. And I like that you had the Woodstock performance of that song in the doc too. So yeah. 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 That was cool. And if you watch the, if you watch, uh, well, two things, one is I hope that it makes you curious as a music fan uh, yeah. and someone of your age, you look pretty young to me. Oh, I'm 40. Um, I don't look like. <laughs> yeah, well, I was 13 when Kurt died. I, I remember coming home from school and my mom telling me the news. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope it's got you curious to look into some more of the Blind Melon music. You know, like oh, I, I did honestly. On. Like I said, yeah. I only knew a certain um, tracks beforehand, yeah. and obviously no rain. Yeah. But yeah. I actually went on Apple Music afterwards and listened to a lot of Soup, and I was like, wow, this is actually a really good album. I didn't really know too much at the time, so. I like to hear that. That's one of our goals. Yeah. One of our goals. And the other goal is to, you know, to, you know, let people know that, you know, addiction and mental health are issues that you can talk about these mm -hmm. days and you can get help for. And we've partnered with Music Cares. Because, um, oh, you know, when you're 28 years old, you think you're an adult and you're not, you know, mm -hmm. and, you, you know, you've lived your life as a musician and you've gotten to play around for a living and you know and you know but it's you know you're in hotel rooms and you're traveling and you're lonely a lot of times it's like it's not as you know as glamorous as people think and i think uh we've learned from our education from music cares that uh you know 14 um that creative types musicians uh are 14 percent more susceptible to mental health and addiction issues and um and so, you know, we, well, we also want people to know that there's help out there and people who think, who are thinking of them and want to help out, so. Wise words, and I, I hope this introduced a new generation to Blind Melon too. And uh, last question though, what was his, he, he didn't like New Orleans? Was that like, like he said, I kind of caught him, I might have to go back and rewatch it, so. Because they recorded the soup in New Orleans, right? Or, you know, yeah, he, he loved he loved New Orleans. Okay. And uh, but it didn't love him. He always got in trouble when he went there. That was uh, the thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he was always getting in trouble when he was in New Orleans, just because yeah, you know, it's that kind of town. If you've ever been there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You know, it's it's madness. All right. Well, yeah. everyone, check out the uh, All You Can Say documentary right now on VOD. And uh, anything in the works you're allowed to talk about before I let you go? Uh, well, I just, I did want to say that, um, what we're doing on this release is a virtual cinema and we're partnering up with, um, music venues and record stores, independent record stores. And by buying the film and watching it, you're actually helping to support those as well. Oh, um, so, so that's pretty cool. And the other thing is, you know, I have a gallery in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Uh, oh, nice. it's, it's a great spot where we are. Um, we are practicing social distancing and masks and only letting a few people in, but it's, it's a gallery of my uh, photographs from Nas and Tupac up to Johnny Cash and Bruce Springsteen. Oh, wow. Pearl Jam and Fish and everyone in between that I've photographed over the years. I used to love going to Asbury Park. There used to be a skate and surf music festival there back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, when I lived in Maryland, I used to drive up. So, uh, yeah. very cool. Uh, is there a we website we can or social media we can save to date with you for everything? Uh, yeah, my, uh, my Instagram is uh, at DannyBones64. Mm -hmm. 
and the film is at all I can say film. Uh, and um, you can watch the film at oscilloscope.net, which is O-S-C-I-L-L-I-S-C-O-P-E.net, oscilloscope. Same folks who put out, um, who helped, you know, help put out that new BC Boys film. So it's, uh, oh, it's good. Cool. we're in good company. They're great people. And uh, I appreciate them and everyone else who worked on the film. All right. Well, Danny, thank you so much for your time to talk to me and keep up the amazing work. Thanks, man. Great talking right. to a uh, true music fan. I appreciate it. Oh, he gave me chills at the very end of that interview. He said it was cool talking to a true music fan. I, uh, that was that just made my day. It makes my day every day hearing that. So, uh, for that, for our throwback, uh, I decided to do music. And a guy that I was super excited to interview was Brett Michaels from the band Poison. Um, he was being honored and in the Hollywood Christmas Parade. And Bonnie Budge got to cover the red carpet down in Hollywood and right at the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And hey, oh, this, this interview, uh, you'll see, it's, it's fun. He kind of turns the interview on me. And it's funny because uh, I'm decked out in Ravens gear. And anyone who knows him, he's a diehard Steelers fan. And Ravens and Steelers fans don't get along. But he could tell, I guess, I was a quote, a true music fan. And uh, he took the mic from me, flipped around, and started interviewing me. So I don't know if you'll be able to get that in the podcast version. But you can always check out the video version of it. Go to bonicbuzz.com or go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash bonicbuzz. And feel free to follow us on all social media at bonicbuzz. All right, here it is. Take it away, Mr. Robot Voice. Interview with Brett Michaels from the band Poison. Did you know that every rose has its thorn? Makes you think. Huh? Hey now, it's Steve Severs for Bionic Buzz. We're at the 88th Annual Hollywood Christmas Parade. It's gonna be amazing red carpet. Let's go see who we can talk to. You are awesome. All right, man. All right, how's it feel? You've been honored here tonight for your humanitarian work. That's amazing. It feels absolutely awesome. Like I said, I'm honored to be here. Um, I'm really grateful and I'm thankful for all the, I say this, my family, friends, and fans that have uh, throughout the years of my life, Rocks Foundation, every single city we play in, we leave something amazing behind with charity. So we get to rock, we get to party, and then we take care of a lot of the local charities in every single city. So tonight, we're going to make this a celebration. Well, you got a huge tour coming up this summer. How'd you get Miley Crew to come back together? They were kind of dead, you know? Here's what happened. I have, uh, everyone who knows this about me, I came in the spirit, right? Uh -huh. I always try to throw what I call uh, gratitude and a positive attitude out there. Yeah. So I kept throwing the good vibes out there. I said it would be insane for the fans if we had Def Leppard and Poison. Uh, and then if Motley Crue would pull it back together, that would be incredible. It's not, it's only a rumor right now. Okay. But I'm thinking this week early we may be mentioning something. It'll be incredible. I would love it if all, everyone came up together and played one song together. Is that a possibility? If you're asking me, everyone that knows and they come out on a row with me, yeah. I bring everyone up on stage. It's it's like a big jam at the end of the night. We're hoping that that's going to happen, but no matter what happens, I ask for one thing, that all the bands on this put an amazing, amazing show on for the fans. That's all. Everyone's having fun. Because yeah. so, we want the fans to have fun, but I want to have the time of my life, too. Plus, it's I get to be a party at a always a part. Thank you. You <laughs> yes, summed it up. Yes. I need. I need to interview you. <laughs> okay, you okay, you, you get, come on. Yeah. I'm interviewing. <laughs> Here we go. We're making this right. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
What's it like at a, at a Poison concert? Tell me, is it a party or not? It's the greatest party in the world. I can't wait for this summer. Not if it's you guys. It's Def Leppard and Marley Crew. Yeah, baby. I'm just saying that's the way an interview gets done right there. You saw, See, you need to be doing this. You summed it up. It okay, awesome. all right. Thank you for listening. Check out other new interviews on BionicBuzz.com. Interview with singer-songwriter and producer Eric Zane about his new band, Royal. Along with interview with singer-songwriter and producer, Tatiana Hazel.